All right, Art of Nose All, guys. Hello, and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm sitting here around the table with our first group that ever played with us. They are back for round two. They liked it so much, they decided to do it twice. Uh, so just so you are reacquainted with the amazing players that I have around us, we're going to go around and do uh, name, race, class, and you are going to tell everybody one thing that your character loves. Roll to see who goes first. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I am uh, Leonidas Goldenmane. Uh, I am a Leonin. Uh, level two, knight background. And uh, something that my character likes. Oh, boy. Not likes. Loves. Loves. Mm, there's a difference. Oh, I don't even know if it's safe to say on this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he likes good times, good vibes, and many uh, other things. Very nice. Extracurricular activities are Leo's favorite things. Let's move across to the person who got a 10. Uh, yep. I'm Zendatus Damarol. I am a half elf, half tiefling, level one warlock, level one sorcerer. And uh, the thing that Zendatus likes the most is space. Not like space from other people. No, like uh, space is in I want to go to space. I want to fly in the stars. The realms that lie above. Go for it, Mr. Micah. <clears throat> uh, Micah Brightward, uh, level two to confirm, paladin. And I guess Micah loves trying to watch at least one sunset a day. I'll let you sit on that one for a bit. <laughs> Wonderful. Beautiful. Beautiful. Begram is an Eladrin rogue, level two as well. Favorite thing is any sort of game of chance or puzzle. Um, one sunset a day. We'll let you sit on that one. <laughs> there is only- <laughs> Last we left off from this group, you guys had just been given membership status at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild from Arden Cassian, who loves a good cup of sweet tea. During the weeks that followed, you were given rooms and other benefits that qualified as members of this guild. You did a few different jobs around town in the name of the guild, but most of the time you kind of stuck together feeling that uh, as a team, you kind of worked, you worked quite well. So we cut in now on one of our party members doing one of those jobs assigned to him as part of the guild, because when you're part of a guild, everybody pulls their weight. Nobody knows this more than Micah Brightward, the overly average human man. Micah, you see yourself standing at the back of the guild and you can see next to you, sitting on top of a pair of crates, Leilani. Leilani is a tabaxi who often rolls around with Leo. She's sitting there at his request because he was supposed to do this duty with you, but Leo doesn't wait for the meat wagon. Micah waits for the meat wagon. So as you sit in this alleyway, you can hear the clamor of the cul-de-sac emanating beyond. You hear the raucous behavior of people within the tavern and you can hear the music playing out through the back windows. You look to Leilani and she looks at you and you can see her flicking what looks like a coin into a mug. And then you hear a voice inside your head say, well, wouldn't it be nice to be inside, Mr. Micah? <sighs> it's always nicer to be inside than being out here shoveling the shit jobs. Well, from what I heard, we weren't shoveling the shit. We were supposed to be here to wait for the daily package to arrive. Oh, the package turns into shit eventually. Oh, Micah, you're so sad. I didn't end up thanking you for taking me to this tavern. Fizz is very happy about that. And you notice as you look down that this voice is coming from a tankard strapped to your waist that you had liberated from Freudin's store that you have not yet placed behind the bar. But he's happy to be with you all the same. Keeps the other voices in the head. Company. <laughs> As you start talking, Leilani looks at you curiously, but she just shakes her head and looks back to what she's doing, continuing to throw these coins inside the cup. You see, as she gets one, she's just, yes. She looks to you and says, oh, how 
Jones is going to take my car. I'm sure Leo needs me somewhere else. Well, Leo could come out here and join us if he wasn't so lucky. He's got more important things to do. Oh, like what? What on earth could he have that is more important? Well, he and the other members of the party said that they were given a job by Arden to do and he couldn't wait. But where was my invite then? Well, I think that you would need it here. She looks away awkwardly. Um, at that, you hear the rolling wheels of a wagon. As you look towards this wagon that's coming by, you can see various carcasses hanging within. Uh, you can see what looks like a fridge box that seems to be full of different kinds of, of meats. And you see sitting on top of the carriage driver's position, a man. A man that looks like a bald-headed, dead-eyed, slack-jawed individual. And as he looks towards you, you see in his one good eye, he looks over very thick eyebrows. He whips the horses and you watch as it pulls out in front of you and comes to a complete stop. And as he looks towards you, you can see he's just grumpy. You can see his massive forearms are just sort of haired and scarred as well. You can see he's got this massive knife at his belt and a butcher's apron on. He hops down, ties the horse off at a post and moves towards Leilani and says, Today's orders arrived. Where do you want the... And he stops as he looks to you and he goes, I fucking know you. See that you've healed up nicely since the last beating you got. <laughs> and you watch as two other individuals make their way out of the back of the caravan and move their way to the sides of him. You can see they're both human. Both look like skinny twins with an emo cut. And they're three of them just standing there. They just elbow each other and jeer and laugh. And they're just like, remember this guy? Felt like a sack of potatoes he did. Was it, uh... It was Michelle, wasn't it? It's Micah, but I know what you're trying to do and just get it over with. Well, we were here to drop off this uh, beef, but seems like the beef found us. How about round two? Got anything valuable on you, Mr. Michelle? All I have are the clothes on my back. Last time you took everything. What, what else do you want? You watch as the two individuals behind him begin to laugh and he looks towards one of them, his bald head shining in the morning sun. He looks towards you and he says, well, before you got the clothes on your back, we'll take them off your hands. Hand them over. Useless fella like you don't need anything. So we'll take it and then we'll give you the meat. You don't want to disappoint your boss here, do you? You know this place up here, and he points behind you, he says, you know this place is uh, for adventurers, brave sorts. I guess that's why you're not here either, then. What? And he moves his way towards you. <laughs> you insult me, Michelle. I sort of glance over to Leilani and try and, I guess, gesture. Is she going to say anything or? Uh, roll an insight check. As you look towards Leilani, she's looking towards you and she gets a vibe from you. And as she gets this vibe, she gives a nod and she moves inside the tavern. The nod she gave you was quite determined. It was like, gotcha. And she moved inside the tavern. Boys, how about we just drop off the meat and call it a day? Let's not get into this again. Roll a persuasion check with disadvantage. You watch as he moves towards you. Does a 17 hit your AC? My AC is 16. <laughs> okay, so he moves towards you. He reels his head back and his forehead smashes across the bridge of your nose. You take... Uh... Fuck, four points of budgeting damage. <laughs> and you watch as the other two begin surrounding you. You can see one of them grab your arm and the other one grab another arm and they're going to try and grapple you. So roll two athletics checks for me. Okay, so the first one you push away as he comes towards you. He tries to grab your arm, but you push him away and he shoves into one of the, the walls towards the side. The next one that comes and gets you, you, you watch as he grabs your arm and then you just sort of flex it a little bit and then push him to the side, but he grapples onto your arm just the same. So you're grappled by one of the emo twins uh you you then watch forward and he's going to attempt to punch you in the guts uh does a that's only a 12 so how do you miss how do you dodge that i think with one with one hand restraint so it's just sort of shifting to just to the left just in time yeah sheer luck all right and that then will bring us to your action what would you like to do oh we're gonna try and break free the, re the restraint first and then we're gonna try and move away from him go for it all right, cool. So how do you break this? This guy's holding your forearm, basically holding it straight down and anchoring you to the spot. How would you like to break that? 
I guess being of average build means I don't have uh, big muscles. So it's just easy to slip out of the grasp because I have tiny arms. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Like slipping out of a sweater. You watch as you snake away for a moment. You're now standing there free. You watch as this individual that you know whose name is Justin Cask. He says, trying to get away from the cask, are you? And he cracks his knuckles and he says, you ain't going nowhere, son. And then you watch as he's going to try and throw a punch at you again. Top of the round. Uh, that will be a 19. Yep. Okay, so as he throws his punch to you, that is another four points of bludgeoning damage. He smacks you across the jaw, and at this point you can see blood coming out of your nose and your lips starting to swell. You watch as the other two individuals are going to try and uh, one of them is going to take like a club, like a baton from his belt, and he's going to attempt to get you. That's a natural 18, so that'll be a 19. Yep. Uh, The club is a two, two points of damage, bludgeoning, and the second one is going to try and punch you and only gets a seven. So the the club hits you, you drop to the floor and he just swings a haymaker over your head. At that point, it becomes your turn. What would you like to do? I think I'm bonus action going to touch myself and heal myself right back up. How many points? What does your lay of hands look like as you do? Uh, uh, Glowing with an orange, I guess, radiant energy. Um, Just sort of slap myself across the face. And... The blood sort of just trickles back into the nose. Yep. Like a reverse waterfall. <laughs> um, and then I'm just going to wonder aloud, oh, I wish if there was anyone like a celestial around could appear and maybe just help or something. I don't know. As you say that, having been punched across the face, is that an action you're trying to do? Or make a religion check, actually. I'll make you do that. Religion check. As a paladin, this should be good. <laughs> Minus one to religion. (laughs) (laughs) That's a 17. Okay, so with the 17, you just stop for a moment, heal yourself, slap yourself into basically focus. And as you're like sitting there on one knee, you watch almost in slow motion as this Justin Kirk is like (laughs) coming in with a jab. And it's not really in slow motion by any magical spell. It just looks that way to you as this fist is getting closer and closer towards you. You watch as your eyes begin to close waiting for the impact. And then you hear it. You hear a massive, loud bang, like a firework going off. You hear the shattering of windows around you and it makes you open your eyes and you look behind you and standing there in the back doorway, you see the slender, tall figure of Arden Cassian to his side, Leilani. You watch as his hand begins to glow and you know that he's just cast a thaumaturgy spell. And he looks over towards the three people harassing you and he says, Justin, do you want me to tell your boss about this infraction? Because he works for me. And you watch as he says, "Um, we were just playing around here, Mr. Cassian. Uh, Nothing too serious. Uh, We'll deliver this meat and be right on our way. How does that sound? And Arden sort of has a sip of his tea and says, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Micah. Do you think we could get a discount? I think you should assist these men in getting the meat off the wagon. What? I've just copped a blow to the face and now you want me to lift their meat? Two wrongs don't make a right. This is our meat. I want to ensure that it brings joy to our customers and I trust no one more to do it than you. Might be our meat, but they've got beef with me. Micah, and he looks to you in that glance when you complain to him often. And you watch as the boys begin to make his way towards the back, open it up, and you go and stand next to Justin, and he mouths under his breath to you, This ain't over, Michelle. And you watch as he gets his, basically, the the various different meats, and he hands them to you, and you slowly ferry them inside. Leilani looks to you proudly, and she says, I did a good job, right? Saved your life. Yeah, sure. Yeah, my life is so worth saving. Thank you so much. Well, you live to see another day, another sunset. Yippee. And at that, you watch as we cut in the morning light to three of our other party members who are standing currently in an open market square. In that open market square in the city of Cadmia, you can see a bustling trade occurring. You know you had been placed there because Arden has various vendors that subsidize his tavern and you have been tasked 
with making sure that no roughhousing occurs in his businesses. Bayagram, you stand about 15 feet opposite a tea vending stand. You can see the salesperson is an elderly figure and you've just been perusing his wares, watching as people come and politely interact. It's been a pretty boring morning for you. As you look towards Zen and also Leo, you two are standing next to a flower merchant. Fragrances hit your nose and you can see that the woman there seems to be quite tall, heavy brown hair that goes all the way down to the middle of her waist and she is also interacting kindly with different customers. The vibe here is quite friendly. How would you two feel about such an assignment? Happy, I'm I'm out and about, the sun's not like out and shining, which is amazing because it's the last of your body up there. Uh, Yeah, no, it's a good day. And I'll live with my best friend, Leonidas, who doesn't like me uh, at all. <laughs> Leo, how would you feel about this placement? Yeah, I think Leo would be not not so used to uh, such a bustling atmosphere in, in a way with like, I guess, random people too much. Like not socially awkward or anything. He's just a bit... Um, on guard, you'd say? No, not not on guard. Just just uh, like people watching, very yep. very very like intrigued about like all these different sort of races and and stuff that he hasn't often seen too much interact and and not in a negative way, like just like positive interactions and mm. very um, like eye catching of, of uh, positive transactions and how the, the business. Yeah, the social side of this yeah, city works. Yeah, sort of works because it's not too. Uh, familiar bit of an outsider as familiar i would say like he knows how things work but just it's interesting to see it in a different place yeah it's like reading about it and then seeing it yeah yeah yep. so what i'll get you guys to do all three of you is i'll get you to roll perception checks for me please so Bayagram and leo you both scanning the area leonidas people watching seeing some very interesting things uh Bayagram, you are able to see that around the central fountain of this bazaar like marketplace a variety of new pieces of parchment that seem to be stuck to it. And as that intrigues you, thinking that it might be job opportunities, you make your way over and you can see that they're posters of people. And none of them seem to be more than a week or two old, but they all seem to be of people that are missing. And you can see a lady standing by one that seems to be gluing up a new poster. And she looks towards you and she says, Oh, good morning, sir. Good morning. What? May you just shine his light upon your shoulders. And you as well. She gives a nod. Um, and she says, if you've, if you've seen my husband, his name is Frome, points to the picture. You can see a man with a bald head, shaggy looking white beard, and you can see very kind looking eyes. He says, that's, that's him there. If you, um, if you do see him, could you tell him to come home? I can definitely do so. I was actually just coming over to see what's, uh, what all these photos are or all these uh, posters. Well, I, I saw these about a week ago and my heart went out to all the different people that had lost their, their family members over the, over their week. But um, I didn't expect it to happen to my throne. He's, he's been gone for, for approximately three or three days, which is very unlike him. Three days? Where uh, did he head out and then disappear? Well, he heads out every morning. He's got to, he's got to work, doesn't he? Yeah, I suppose that's, that's the way we make money these days. I, and um, he just never returned and the kids, they're so worried. But... Um, this is all that I can do. I've, I've notified the city guard and they said that they're working on it because it seems to be a problem that's occurring in the city at the moment. But I'm, I'm sure he'll come home. He's he's probably just on, on some delayed business. Something must have come up. That is fair enough. Yeah. We, uh, was it, have you I talked to um, the uh, the Valley Odyssey or anybody else about kind of trying oh, to see um, We, me, myself, can't afford the, uh, the services of the Adventurers Guild. Um, we just have to rely on this kindness of others. So, um, if you do see something, please let me know. I live over in the dark wards. Um, in the dark wards, yeah. The dark wards, yeah. You know, I didn't recognize anybody else in these posters. Um, not, not particularly. Um, and as you look at them as well, you can see they're of all different races, all different ages as well. Doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason about it. Most of them seem to be male, but not all. Yeah, it just seems to be pretty random. And she looks at you and she sort of, uh, pats you on the shoulder gives you a smile and says, it is a lovely day, despite everything. And she gives you a nod and walks off. Peace be with you. She gives a nod. At that, you hear a voice behind you, Bigram, that says, 
Well, wasn't that lovely? And you turn around and you can see a member from your past, a halfling man that seems to be called, that you remember him being called, uh, Demos Podre. This is a man in capital who you you backed and followed. More commonly known as the Blade. Well, that's what you knew him as and worked with him as under the collectors. He looks towards you and you can see he's got this shining knife at his side and he says, Mr. Bayagram. Oh, I haven't seen you for a while. I've, I heard you were in the area. Well, I haven't seen you either. And um, it seems like your name's getting around our unseen guild and you watch as he holds his hand up and you can see the tattoo of the open eye in his hand. He says, my brother has some kind words for you. I'll tell you that. Is your brother Freudian, is he? Oh, you can see I got the looks of the family, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're both as ambitious as each other. Look, I've got some people. They're working on something. All right, have you heard of the uh, the whispers around town? The whispers? Oh, something big's been happening. Man with his ear to the ground, I'll be very surprised if you didn't. Well, and you can see you're having this conversation in like a very crowded area, but because of the crowd, it seems like you are pretty... Isolated. Almost. Yeah, almost. Does that, those whispers have anything to do with these posters? Don't give a fuck about these posters, mate. These whispers have something to do with much more important. There was a uh, a book that came into town, Spiritbound Tome. You heard of it? Was that, uh, was that uh, kind of grabbed on the road? Did I hear? Aye. Aye, it was. That was us. That was you. Uh, well, not me specifically, but I orchestrated that, yeah. Oh, but right uh, it was a foolproof plan, but some people from the, your new home, it seems, got themselves mixed up. Now, you told my brother you want in. Yeah, I'm definitely looking for ways in, yes. And I know that you and me have a bit of a sketchy past because, um, well, there was that issue with the embezzlement. I did lie to you, but I feel like we made that up because I did break you out of prison. I think that was just basically now we're even at the moment, maybe. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But I'm happy to let bygones be bygones if, um, well, we're working on getting some people to get these pages read. Okay? Yep. Well, we can't read them. You still have the book? No, but we have some pages. You have some pages. Little, uh, someone with some sticky fingers, let's just say, has given it to somebody that, uh, they needed a favor from. And then through that channel, I was able to grease some palms. Uh, you know how it goes. Yep. I, I know exactly how you do. And he says, well, if you see any of these pages, you hear anything on the streets, you get me one of these and you're in. I thought you said you already had the pages. Well, we have some. We'd like more. We want more. Rumor has it that there's five floating around. This is from... An incredible artifact. Whoever holds these pages, well, they have the power. I love the book. That's what I went for to start with, the whole tome. But um, now it's up there. And he points to the Wasonia Tower. And he says, and a uh, staff maid, she ain't letting it out of her sight. What's this book supposed to do anyways? I, I just heard that it was missing. Well, if you believe the stories, it uh, can hold a bountiful treasure trove or secrets thereof. On this here plane, hidden by the gods during the Great God's War. The man that holds those riches, well, it command a whole nation. You know you know me, I'm always out for power. My um my little stint in politics and in capital didn't go down so well after those Heraclesians arrived. So I'm trying again. Never give up, that's my family motto. Never give up. That makes sense. Well, is it I'm looking for some answers as well that are from a different plane. So as long as you uh, allow me access to these pages as well, I'm happy to kind of possibly see how we change, hand them over. You get me one of them pages, we'll get our people to read it. And I'll tell you all about it. I think we can deal with that. And then you watch as he, there's two people that sort of move through your conversation. And as those two people move through your conversation, just pushing in the crowd, you look to where he was and he's gone. I look around a little bit to see if I can just see even his back kind of disappearing through the crowd somewhere. Uh, you can roll a perception check if you like. Okay, so as you look through the crowd, peering with your eagled-eyed vision, you see what looks like a shining blade in the sun and a cloak just below as he passes by a, a stall on the right. 
you can see that he's sort of just ducked away. Yeah. Um, almost comically, you sort of look around and you just see this. <laughs> yeah. This was it. The, um, it's just non-magical. Yeah. Just like, right. So a, a lesser trained individual in the arts of stealth probably would just be in wonderment, but you look at it and you're just like, okay, whatever. Fuck he, it. Just, he just walked off. Yeah. <laughs> he Batman you. Um, so at that, we cut back to Leo and Zen with your um, perception check, Leo. You have a look around people watching as best that you can. And you hear this noise that breaks through the clamor of the crowd and it's almost like a screech. And as you look around the buildings that surround this square, you can see most of them seem to be of tiled roofs, various different sort of residential buildings, but there is one towering structure that you can see that is a central point. It's like this massive clock tower and you can see these golden arms just sort of ticking around as time goes on. The noise came from there and as you look towards it, it's like this high-pitched shrill scream. As you look around to the humans around here, they don't seem to pick it up, but your keen cat senses almost um, move your ears towards it immediately. And as you look up, you can see this flash of black silhouetted by the sun that seems to look like these two large feathered wings upon a person. But it's almost like writhing and moving around in pain. You watch then as it begins to descend. And then the sound gets louder and louder and louder as it drops. And you watch as people then begin to hear it. And then the rest of you, Zen and also Beer Grim, you hear it and people start to panic and look up. There's that audible gasp in the crowd and you watch as people begin to part the bottom area of where this thing seems to be falling and eventually it disappears in the crowd and falls onto the floor and the screaming immediately stops. Yeah, right. How far away from... It's probably about 70 feet away from you through the crowd. And you watch as people begin to panic. There's people moving away from it, seemingly in fear, and there's people that are also moving towards it curiously. You watch as the flower vendor that you're standing next to, Zen, looks up and says, well, that couldn't have been good. Yeah, we we, we should probably go and uh, check that out. No? Yes? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. So there was definitely no chance for me to dash. You could dash after the fact, but it was falling probably about 100 feet and it hit the hit the uh, ground pretty hard. How far from the fountain? Uh, it's probably about 40 feet from where you are in the fountain. I'm making my way over uh, as well. Yep. Yeah, Zen, yeah. we should uh, go investigate. Uh, I'm going to dash. Yeah, I'll run too. Yep. Yeah. So parting through the crowd, you just begin pushing people out of the way and you there is a ring that has found themselves or surrounded this area uh, around the, the body of the individual. As you push towards the front, you watch as Beergrim finds his way next to you and Zen, you eventually find your way. Uh, moving through the path that Leo had created. Probably a pretty big path. <laughs> As you look at this individual, you can see a very curious sight. You can see the body of a person that kind of looks a little humanoid, vacant of clothes, but what they do have all over their person is what look like the remnants of blue, long feathers. It's patchy in places too. And almost like some of them seem to be like those pin feathers that baby birds have, just sort of protruding from various different legs in patches as well. You can see on top of the head, you can see like a crest that seems to be not fully formed and just like this mutated bird's beak at the mouth. You can see the eyes look like they're in pain and these two blue massive wings along the back that seem to be broken, crippled and crumpled, almost like spider's legs as you eradicate a spider with poison. As you look at this figure, you can see blood pouring out of the mouth and a pool around it that seems to be expanding. As you gaze upon this site, you can see the city guard members and watch members around seem to be trying to calm the crowd. You watch as two of them in particular begin moving through and they begin like pushing the crowd around in a circle and you watch as one of them that seems to be in charge points around and says, create the perimeter. We need to search out what happened here. And you watch this individual. He seems to have like shoulder length brown hair. You can see that he's got a stern, strong face that seems to be quite old, probably in his 50s or 60s. A heavy mustache. You can see he's wearing city guard uniform. He seems to be quite high ranking. And to his left, you can see a bald individual with a nose that seems to be almost horizontally crooked, like he's been punched in the face before. Um, you watch as this individual looks to him and says, Orn. Get out of here. You need to make sure that nobody enters the perimeter. And you watch as this individual just nods and he goes to two others and they say, yes, Commander Stone. And they begin moving and trying to make the perimeter safe. 
we're already in the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I just see if like the person uh, is completely dead or like like they look absolutely crumped from, or like from what you can see, they look completely crumpled. But you, if you want to, you can attempt to make your way the ten feet or so toward the body inside the perimeter. You said it was 70 feet, right? Yeah, but you made your way to through the, this, oh. through the crowd to the circle. Okay. Um, yeah, so can I do a uh, medicine check to, um, and, and then even possibly see if it's worth using a uh, healer's kit? Yep. So roll a medicine check for me, Leo. And you just watch this from the sidelines, Zen. I want to uh, keep an 16. eye on the uh, guards to see if they try and take them away. I'll try and cause a distraction or something like that. Okay. 16. 16. So you begin breaking through the circle that seems to be a perimeter created by the guard and you see this individual known as Orn uh, Stone that seems to have a bald head and a crumpled nose. He moves up towards you, puts a hand to your chest and he says, you need to head backwards. We've been given orders that this perimeter needs to be maintained. Could I run forwards Mm -hmm. uh, and get right up into his face? Uh, excuse me, I am uh, from the Cadmia News. I was wondering if there's anything you could say about what's going on right now, uh, anything that you know about what's going on in this current situation, and I'm, like, pushing Leo. I'm going to, like, go the opposite. Okay. Um, why, why so he turns his back towards you, Leo, and he looks towards you, Zen, and he says, this isn't the time for a news story. We haven't sorted this out for ourselves yet. And as that conversation's happening... Uh, Leo, you just push yourself straight back past. He says, I need to sort out this individual. And he looks like he's looking at him in pretty, like he's- Are you trying to tell me there's always never any time for news, sir? There's always time for news and there's always time for journalistic integrity. Um, As you hear that, you move your way to the body, roll your medicine check. Uh, Again or? Oh, sorry. What what did you roll? I got 16. Okay. So as you move over there, you automatically put a paw to his chest and- you can feel that there is no movement. You also feel as you touch it that the ribs aren't intact. Okay. Um, you can also see part of the skull beaked and feathered as it is. These black eyes that seem to be almost mutated in its form, half its skull seems to be crushed into the stone as well. So definitely dead. Okay. Um, what you do notice with a 16 as well is there seems to be scratches on the cheeks uh, that seem to be made by what look like deep talons maybe. They seem to pull from the ear all the way across to the cheek almost like three of them, and then there's one over the top of the face as well that seems to go from the top of the forehead down to the eye. And and uh, Leo can assess that that uh, isn't from yeah, they self-inflicted. Look, they look like lacerations. Okay. Um, Beergrim, uh, secure the watchtower. I think there might be something happening here. Secure the watchtower? Which watchtower? There was a big tower uh, of with a clock on it that time. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it? Can I misty step up to there? You can misty step partway there, so you can misty step through the crowd and then uh, land probably in a thirty feet or so window that seems to be. Could I just walk through the crowd and then misty step straight up? Uh yeah, but the tower is probably about a hundred feet tall. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So all right. Well, then I'll I'll do the first one there and just get into the window and then kind of yep. see from there and okay. just keep going up. What does your misty step look like as you do it? Uh more or less basically, I just kind of. Oh, I, Kind of like the whole Batman thing, basically, kind of cloak around me, basically, kind of just through the crowd. Nice. And then as you appear inside the, the central area of this clock tower, you look behind you and through the arced window, you get a top-down view 30 feet above the crowd and you can see Leo crouching over the body, the various guards creating the perimeter, this bald guard conversing with Zen. Uh, and you see the, the guard that seems to have shoulder-length hair begins to make his way over to Leo. You hear the footsteps behind you. And you expect a stern voice telling you to move, but you feel a hand on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, Leo just kind of feels it and looks at it and just. It seems that you are as inquisitive as your father was. N- now, Leo is very uh, surprised. And now, my father, you know, my father. He'll stand up and sort of rotate on the shoulder that has the hand on it and yep. look at this. You can see that captain of the guard standing there before. Shoulder length hair, brown, sandy, blonde, older, wrinkled looking face and a scar down the cheek. He says, your father was one of my greatest companions. I'm sure that he told you of me. 
Melnon Wargon is my name. Captain Wargon now. He told me that if I was ever to find you, or you were ever to seek me out, that I should help you in return of a favor that he once paid me. What have you found here? Melnon, yes. My father has spoken of you. Wow. I didn't think that I would ever run into somebody who knew my father outside of... Not under circumstances like this, at least. And you watch as he gives a smile. Yes, uh, well, this this individual is, is most certainly dead. But it doesn't seem to be of natural causes. I mean, not self-inflicted anyway. Looks down and says, And what do you make of the... Well, the visage gesturing to the feathers. He says, this is not natural. This is not Arakokran. This is not... Any bird folk, this looks different. Uh, can I make a uh, arcana check? Sure, make an arcana check. And in the background, you hear Zendata still talking to uh, uh, 13. 13. 13. Sorry. As you look towards the the body, you do see, like, the, this feathering seems to be patchy. It seems to be new. Mm-hmm. And it almost looks like this person used to be a human, yeah. but is now something not. Yeah, I get. I'm getting this sort of like magical transformation vibe. Yeah, okay. you can assume that. Yeah, so this doesn't seem to be natural. I have not seen this before. It seems to be some sort of magical transformation. He gives a nod and says, "That was my thoughts too." Look, I'll, I'll clear the crowd and, and we can talk more personally later. It is good to find that you have landed on your paws in such a reputable organization. The Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild is a proud place for many good heroes. You'll fit in well there. Thank you, uh, Captain. Uh, much appreciated, and uh, it's always nice to uh, meet a friend of my father's. And I'll just... Uh, Warrior handshake him. Yeah. Yeah, across yeah. the forearm, yeah. Yeah. Which he will do, and then you watch as he moves his way off. He pats Orn, who's talking to Zendardus, and he says, Come on, Orn. And you watch as he's like, he looks, he's pointing a finger at you now, Zendardus, and he says, This is not the time or the place. Now you need to go before I take my temper out on your cat friend for the mercy that was never shown me. And, and you And I will get in contact with my editor. And and then I'll I'll just kind of like You look around. This isn't over. <laughs> um at that you watch as the guards move away, the crowd begins to disperse, and you guys begin to take a moment with the body. We cut back to uh Beagram. You begin wheeling your way up the staircase. You can hear these cogs moving as the clock seems to be working quite well in the top of this tower and you make your way to the top of this door. Uh, as you go to the handle, the door seems to be locked. Uh, just a thief's tools, just pick the lock. Yep, roll your check. Easily enough to unlock. You can see the lock like it's well below your pay grade. You just yep. sort of slip the tools in, unlock it, open the door. And as it opens, uh, what you see is a very mechanical floor. You can see there seems to be a catwalk surrounding the square walls of the building and then cogs and mechanisms in between, the light shining through the clock face. Um, and the sound in here seems to be deafening. As you move your way around the catwalk, taking in what you can, I'll get you to roll a perception check for me. Okay, so looking around, you can see that there are probably six foot or so windows that seem to be on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. And you move over to the side that faces the courtyard where the market was, knowing that this individual probably fell or moved from here. Uh, Looking around with your score, you can see what looks like a bedroll that seems to be laid out. You can see various pots and pans, and you can see the remnants of what looks like a cooked meal, dirty dishes and rats sort of eating off of it as well. Uh, You can see blue feathers seem to be pinned through it as well. And there is a backpack there as well. As you move your way over to the window, you can see what looks like scratches across the floor and also scratches on the walls that seem to be um, on the windowsills. Are these looking like kind of scratches, like somebody's like held back while they're getting thrown out or basically just scratches as they're... Uh, roll an investigation check. So with that score, as you look at it, it just looks like almost like a clutching. You can't tell whether it was directioned outwards or whether it was frantic, but it just looks like a clutching. All right, excellent. Uh, I'm going to grab a couple of feathers, mm-hmm. just straight up, just to basically take back Never do the investigation yep. on that. They're about 20 centimeters long and yep. they're blue. Okay. Yep. Grab a couple of them. Uh, and then I just have a peek in the backpack. 
All right. So as you open the backpack, I'll get you to roll an investigation check. Okay. So looking through, you can see the various uh, implements of an adventurer's pack. Basically, you can see rope. You can see food, which is pretty easy to spot. Uh, you can see a piece of crumpled paper that seems to be in there as well. And then you can see that there's more stuff in the bag, but then you hear this massive dinging sound, this ding, ding, and you hear the clock's mechanism seems to have gone off and it sort of startles you a bit. Um, what would you like to do? you got like a second to react. Uh, I'm going to grab the paper. Yep, grab the paper in your hand. It crumples up, feels like parchment. Uh, and then basically kind of just try and get out the door and close the door behind me to try and block the sound as much as possible. Yep, which you're able to do. And as you close the door, the sound echoing behind you, you make your way down the stairs, cloak billowing as you go. Cutting back down to the floor, we see two individuals standing over this body. Is there anything else that you would like to do um, as you watch uh, Wargon begin to cuss? Can you even believe that, man? No journalistic integrity. How dare he, Leonidas? How dare he? Zen. I know, it's like he doesn't even think that I'm a real reporter. Zen. You aren't a real reporter, but well done. And I like this bump it like. You awkwardly fist bump him back, looking a little ashamed, having taken your role very seriously. It doesn't seem to matter. <clears throat> you did well. Thank you. Now, is there anything we else we should do before we uh, leave this area? Oh my God, what happened to this man? As you hear that, Bayagram, you walk up beside these two individuals and you can see that the guards well and truly have this sort of underway. Um, in the distance, you hear this mechanical flapping of wings and you look up and see what looks like an anvil wrought, which you know to be like a mechanical owl, which you also know to be the prominent uh, message delivery service in Cadmia. You watch as it swoops down, perches on your shoulders then and opens its beak and it says in a robotic voice, Arden Cassian requests your presence at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. Micah has gotten himself in a spot of bother. Please return forthwith. He watches it flies away. I want to just pause and actually just see what that crumpled paper is that I grabbed. Okay. Would you do that as you get to them or before you? Uh, probably while, I'm, while I get that back down to them. All right. So as you exit the, the tower down on the front door and begin walking across the bazaar toward your allies, you open up the piece of paper. You can see that it seems to be an invitation. It seems to be an invitation to a uh, party that is held at the Marcel Castial. And it is for honored guests. And it says, no gift required. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. And the signature down the bottom uh, seems to be torn off. Is there a date on there? The party time seems to have been held four days ago. And it was an evening party. Um, am I able to grab out some parchment and... Uh just like some drawing chalk that I would normally carry around for uh, constellation uh, drawing and everything. And I kind of want to just sketch out the face of the uh, creature, or at least as much of it as I can. Yep. Just sure can. try and see. I'll get you to roll a performance or sleight of hand check to make sure that this is a accurate depiction. <laughs> We're going with performance. Very good. Okay, so you look over his shoulder as he's drawing this Leo, and this is... This is a talent that you hadn't seen him brag about or talk about before, but it is, it's almost like a perfect sketched likeness shading everything. He gets the blood just right coming out of the mouth. Mm. The crushing of the skull, there's bone fragments all through it. Yes, very impressive, Zen. And I'm just going to like slap me on the back, like, <laughs> like very proudly, but like... I think as as you would in a hard. tribes member for you. <laughs> yeah. But you sort of move his pen across... <laughs> The page and perfectly. there's now one line straight through the center of it. No, no, perfectly. It, it looks, it's just perfect. Mm -hmm. So you guys are starting to head back to the guild. Um, also, uh, while he's sketching, I also passed the invitation over to Leo so Leo can have a read through it. Okay. So you get the same information, Leo. Okay. Yeah, you, so you look and see the invitation. Is the Valiant Odyssey in the direction possibly of the flower merchant? Uh, you can beeline if you would like yeah, to. It's like a 40, 40 feet away and then it'll basically be back towards the Valiant Odyssey, which is in North Ward. Slightly take a detour and go via the flower merchant. Yep. And uh, and approach her and and ask her for her name mm -hmm. and then buy her the the biggest um, bunch of flowers that she has at her store for her. So 
So as you look towards her and you ask her her name, she says, my name is Florence. And as you give her these flowers, she blushes. What are these for, sir? It's just for for a uh, lovely lady such as yourself. She blushes and she says, thank you for your protection, Leonidas. No worries, Florence. I hope you have a wonderful day. And if there's anything you ever need, don't hesitate on calling me. She gives a nod and she says, well, whenever I have my stall here, I will request you and your companions from Arden. I feel very safe when you're all around. I like when you're around too. And you watch as she sort of does that thing where she looks down at the flowers and smells them as you begin walking away. Uh, did I see Bagram pass uh, the message? Well, perception check. You saw. Yeah. Uh, where did Easily. you find this? Uh, up the tower, actually. I always said it was in a, there's a adventurer's backpack and a bedroll and a few other things up there. I wouldn't actually mind going up there to check again, but mm. the, um, the, the tolling of the bells is uh, rather definite. Hmm. Could we do that before we return? Did you want to and Bagram and I can, or I can head back to the guild if you guys wish to head off yeah. to the clock tower? I feel like someone should go back and check on Mike and seeing as I can do some healing, if you need some help, I can, I might be the best to go back. Well, yes, we don't want to lose a party member. So okay. perhaps we should go for the sake of him. Yeah, was it? Is the guards around still? They yeah, they seem to be cordoning off the crime scene okay. now. As we go, I just go up to the captain there and just tell him what I saw up in the tower and ask him just to seal that off. He gives a nod to you. Um, Melon Wargon looks to you and says, a very kind gesture of you. And... I, I don't share the feather or the invitation with him. Yep. Seeing that, he looks to you and says, your honesty is applauded. A lesser man would have taken some things from up there for themselves. Thank well, you. I'm definitely not a lesser man. As you walk away, pocketing the feathers <laughs> and the parchment. <laughs> so at that, we cut back to the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild, where you walk in to the upstairs war room table, which you have been and sat around many times before. You can see Leilani is laying an ice cube onto Micah's brow, and you can see her sort of just like dabbing the top of his forehead with a cloth. And as you guys walk in, you can see, although healed, you can see his nose still emanates a slight bruise. Uh, the cheek as well seems to be quite well bruised as well. And as he's sitting there at the mahogany table, Arden at the top of it, you watch as he just stirs a tea, pours some hot water in and looks to you all and says, Ah, you've arrived. Please take a seat. Yay, the heroes have returned. Leilani, what happened here? Uh, he got himself into I'm some fine. Stuff. Thanks for asking. Yes, I look at Micah and say, you know what? Some raw meat would actually kind of take the swelling down really well. Oh, oh, oh. You watch as Leilani just sort of does that. May not um, may not want to talk about that for a little while. I Why do you smell like hungry. flowers? What? what? <laughs> I have to shovel shit and the rest of you go and smell flowers. I thought mm. you were shoveling meat. Yeah. <clears throat> do you need any help? I, and I charge my hand up with like. I'm fine. Don't touch me. Wow. Sure? Somebody's got beef. Look, I've got it. <laughs> I've got it well covered here, boys. Um, Arden requests your audience, and Leilani just sort of continues to make sure that Micah is okay. You watch as she gets to your very thick mono brow, and she says, "I could do something about this if you want." I don't care. Do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> she gets a set of tweezers as you guys are talking. So at that, you guys sit around this table with Arden in tow, and he looks towards all of you. He says, I have an adventure for you. One that isn't a menial task like shoveling shit or making sure that the meat arrives so everybody can eat because adventurers need their strength. Also, or, I'm included this time. Who would do that? <laughs> or making sure that our uh, vendors are safe. It is, it is something that pertains to you particularly, Zendardis. We are sending some of our adventurers on a quest of epic proportion. They are to seek out an archaic. Uh, Zendardus, you could probably roll a history check with advantage. Okay, so you've heard the name archaic before and they are beings that were around during the creation of the land, creation of time, sought to be strictly myth. 
rumors of their arrival or staying basically on the material plane are basically fairy stories. But he looks to you as you hear that and he says, this archaic is going to help us try and discover the plan of a very sinister individual. The party that I am sending is currently making preparations to take that voyage, but they need your help. So they need your get father's to go help. on this voyage. You're just making us do behind the scenes work again. Micah, you can stay behind and get the next shipment of meat if you'd like. Ooh, so generous. Well, you may make the choice after you hear what the mission is. Micah, and I'll snarl. Okay. <laughs> you say that across the table. Um, you see as Leilani just sort of does that corner smile to you, but then as you sort of snarl and look towards her, she gets her serious face back on, trying very much to impress you. He Arden says and continues and says, it has a lot to do with your father, Xanifred. He's at the Wasonia Institute, as you know, and he sent you to us quite gracefully, but we need his invention. Which one? He's created quite a few. The astral magnetometer. Well, the magnometer is definitely required. See, the archaic rumor has it is supposed to have been laid to rest underneath the light's cauldron. You know that to be a very rarely seen constellation in the sky. He says this light's cauldron, as you know, can only be seen by a specific astral device a device that your father has. We need you to collect it. Ask his permission to borrow the device so we can give these adventurers the best leading foot they can in stopping this sinister threat. In the meantime, I will also have you keep your ears and eyes out because there is a very vast evil that is growing within this city. One that you will have a hand in stopping, as will the other adventurers under my lead. I hope that satisfies you, Micah. Your silence is telling. While we're on that, Leonidas, did you, and I'll hand you the pieces of paper that I've uh, drawn. Yeah, you still got the invitation too, ready to hand that over. Oh, I, oh, yes, and I'll hand that one over to you as well. Uh, you were the one that seemed to have spent the most time with it. I don't know what's going on. Yes. Uh, thanks, Zen. No. Is, uh, is Breton? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Leilani's here. Breton doesn't appear to be, and neither does uh, Sienna. Okay. I will signal to Leilani to like come get these, this parchment and, yep. and hand it over. You watch as she plucks a last eyebrow hair from Micah, stands <laughs> up, <laughs> takes the page, um, gracefully from you and goes and moves it towards Arden, slides across the table. You watch as he pulls out these half-moon spectacles across his nose and has a sip of tea while he reads it and he says, you've been invited to a party. How quaint. Uh, four days ago. So I, ah. I, I also pull out a feather at that time and just kind of just wave it around for Leilani to come grab and pass over to well. I also gave him the image that I drew yep. of the bird. Um, she slides that over second and then she looks towards you, Leo, to see if it's okay to do that for Bagram, um, which I, you- I nod my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she goes and delivers the feather as well. And Arden looks towards you and says, these seem to be three pieces of a very intricate puzzle. Seems you're finding your own quests. Wait, hang, hang on. I had to bring in the meat and they got to go smell flowers and the kitty got to play with a bird. <laughs> That's exactly right. He looks towards you all and he says, okay. Leilani was there the whole time. Is there, um, is there a reason you're showing me this? Well, we were just uh, standing in the market doing uh, what you asked us to do. And all of a sudden this, um. Standing? This- oh my God. <laughs> Can we uh, gag this one for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> as you say that, you watch as Arden sort of snaps his fingers and you watch as Micah seems to be talking, but you can't hear anything. Well, and then you know a silent spell has just occurred. There we go. Oh, you watch as he's gesturing left, right, and center. You watch as he's like throwing things around. No sound coming out. I just kind of turn, turn, turn my back and just kind of <laughs> uh, continue on. So yeah, yeah, so something actually fell from the sky. We went and took a look and it was actually as a... It went splat. Yeah, very much did, didn't it? 
I like think a, was it you you said was it it was crushed skull and yeah the ribs, ribs were pretty completely dead. caved in but it was like a humanoid slash bird slash mutated mm-hmm. you watch his brow purses at that and he says yes this drawing looks like something from an old fairy tale Dendatus you're quite talented well, thank you he looks around and he says this uh, magnometer. It's of extreme importance, but if you are to come across any evidence as to why this individual changed, what caused its death? Well, do you, what do you have? Do you know this Marseille Castle place? Well, know? the Marcells, they are a noble house here in Cadmia. Yeah. Do you know anything about this this little party that would have happened like four days ago? Have you heard anything about something happening? Ah, we hear about many parties here. We get invitations often, but we never go there. They're more for show. These The Marcells love to be flamboyant in their display. So I dare say that there would be a party tonight, probably the night after that. They are very frivolous form of nobility. Would it be wise for us to attend one of these parties? How's this? You fetch the magnometer for me. I will hand you one of these invitations and you can investigate this lead that you have seemed to find. Besides, if this is indeed tied to one of the pages of the spirit-bound tome, I'd prefer to get on top of it before it starts to, well, affect the rest of the town. See, that's what I was getting at. This great evil that seems to be emanating itself within Cadmia. There is an ancient artifact, the spirit-bound tome, and unfortunately from within our ranks... Many of its pages have, well, vacated. Gone into the general populace. The rest of the tome is safe and sound in the Wasonia Academy. But the pages that remain are a considerable threat. I mean, if this is indeed one of those pages, then perhaps an investigation into this party is prudent. How many pages have been taken? It is unknown to us at this minute. But... Reprimands are coming to the individual responsible. Straight face, not knowing anything about this. Okay, well, he's going to inside check you. So roll a deception check. <laughs> I'm sure he will. As he says that, and you're keeping this straight face, he sips his tea looking over the top of the cup and just one eyebrow raises and he turns to convey the conversation with the remainder of you. Does that look sus? Does that look... Um, I'd say he would have done it away from you, okay. uh, Leonidas. Um, he's very subtle in his manner, mm. um, especially when he's like calling out individuals. Yeah, I just keep it, playing it cool. Yeah. Uh, as he looks around to you guys, he says, uh, have you been in recent contact with your fathers and daughters? Not really. I haven't talked with my daddy in a while. I, with my father in a while. Right. Well, I'm going to need you to travel to Wissonia, which is within the city walls. And you're going to need to ask him very nicely for this magnometer. I know he's already given us a grand favor in allowing you to join our ranks, but tell him that I will have his gratitude. And also, if he requires, he may hire some adventurers free of charge. Okay. Perhaps I'll send him Micah, and you watch as he clicks and the silence drops around you, Micah. Micah still acts. <clears throat> Micah still acts like there's silence and just pretends to mouth words. Starts miming. <laughs> Micah, I can almost immediately let you know that that spell is no longer in effect. Just ignores him. (laughs) You watch then as he stands. Am am Um, I being affected by the silent spell? Guys, can anyone else hear me? Arden looks towards all of you. Arden just points to his ears and he's just like, cut. Then he smiles to the rest. (laughs) I I just shrug my shoulders as well. Um, At that, he stands up and he looks to you and says, I'll be here if you need anything. And you can send an anvil rod or other magical means of communication if you need me. I have other adventurers in the city as we speak. If you are going to a nobleman's house for this party, don't start any fires. Read the newspaper. You'll know what I mean. And you watch as he walks away. Um, And at that, you guys are left around the table. What's the time? Probably mid-morning, almost lunch. Oh. Lunch. <laughs> I, I could do with uh, basically some nice fresh uh, steak or something. Mm. Yes. Uh, Leilani, would you like to join me for lunch? It would be an honor. Very well. Uh, 
Leonidas is going to get up and go find um, Breton and um, and go downstairs. After asking around, you do hear that Breton has been chopping wood all morning around the... What a man. <laughs> around the outskirts of town and should be on his way back in. He doesn't even need to chop the wood. Yeah. He just grabs it with his bare hands and goes... <laughs> oh, um, so eventually you would see and hear him just dragging this wheelbarrow full of lumber behind his back. You can see a shirt draped over one shoulder, very heavy, hairy chest, but really muscle-bound. Was that intentional? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, as he pulls this this um, crate of wood behind him, you can see the axe hung over one side. He's got this beard and this very uh, slicked back sort of mane of brown hair. He makes his way towards Leo, puts down the wood and starts unloading it as you begin your lunch. Uh, what would the rest of you be doing? Uh, do you guys want to go and check out the clock tower? Any excuse to get out of here. All right. But we're going to play the silent games then. Are you joining us for lunch? Uh, I'd be interested, actually. I'm really interested in that clock tower. Mm. I might just kind of grab something to go. Grab something to go. I'm not all that hungry right now. You watch as um, the three of these individuals bid their farewells to Leonidas, who enjoys a lovely steak and Diane sauce. You hear in your head as you're leaving Micah, the voice of Fizz say, where are we going? We're leaving the tavern? Why would you want to leave the tavern? You seem to have a very poor attitude about this tavern. You know taverns are the best place. It's a melting pot for all different people, all different ideas. I forget your problems. Yes, I know, but just get out of here for a bit to forget the problems of this morning. Thanks. Okay, for fine. Let's stretch out. What What do you mean? I'm stuck no, inside nothing, a tankard. Nothing. You seem to be come out perfectly fine the other week, and now you're just stuck in the side. Is that sass? None at all. Look. I, I think we're going to have a great relationship. You're funny. But um, if you need my help, all you have to do is say the magic words. And what are the magic words? Please. That's one word. At that, you guys begin to make your way towards the bazaar marketplace and you get to the clock tower and you begin ascending the staircase. Uh, you wouldn't was, have... Was it closed off? No, it seems like the, well, when you get there, you can see that the, the blood stain still appears to be on the floor. It still appears to be sort of drying at the minute. And you can also see that the body seems to be removed. You can see that the different people around seem to be meandering through and there is a lot of gossiping circles of people and pointing to the area and pointing up the top. It seems yeah. to be the talk of the area. You also see that the posters that were around the fountain still seem to be there. But as you make your way up the stairs, you can also see that the door that was previously locked that you had shut behind you is open. Zen? When we pass by the fountain, could I quickly stop and see if perhaps any of the faces that were on those posters look like the face of the bird person? Roll a insight check, I'll say. Nah. Okay. So as you hold up the picture, you sort of align it to I the different have faces. The with me anymore. We gave it to... Um, he would have given it back to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he, you sort of hold it up and line up the different faces and it's too mutilated and crushed to really tell. Like there's one or two that you'd probably say, yeah, maybe, but nothing certain. Um, so yeah, you're up at that door at the moment. It seems to be unlocked in a jar, which clocks on your brain, Beergrim, because you swear you shut it. Yeah, I swear I shut it. But then I also told the guards, so it could have been the guards up there. But yeah. I'll... um. I'll probably just very quietly go in stealth in. Stealth in. Mm -hmm. Roll stealth checks, guys, if you want to. Then and Micah, uh, just to hang back for a sec. Oh, okay. We're hanging back? Right. Yeah. Yep. Get them to hang back. I'll okay. Stealth in. All right. So you watch as he disappears inside the door. Bayagrim, you hear the mechanical clicking once again. You walk around the catwalk. Uh, you make your way towards the window where you'd previously seen the bedroll and the belongings, and it all seems to be completely cleaned out. Okay. I just kind of make my way back to the door, invite the other guys in and say, let's see if we can find anything that's left. Okay, so all three of you roll investigation checks, please. Oh, okay. poor Micah. I have a minus one to investigation, so that's a zero. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, don't play that sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. So, Micah, as you begin looking around, you see like a shiny piece of coin on the ground and you bend over to pick it up and then you look around and see another one and you pick it up and it's just like, ooh, a penny, ooh, a penny. Not really looking at anything in particular, ooh. however. How many pieces of gold does he get? None, because no. they're pennies. <laughs> they're pieces of copper. And it seems like they're just basically 
pieces of the machinery that seem to have flicked off it over time. And at that, Bayagrim and Zendardis, you looking around with your investigation scores, which was what? Sorry? 15. 15 and? 21. 21. Okay. So with both of your scores, you do maintain that it seems like an individual had lived here for approximately two or three days. You can see what looks like this white dust that seems to surround the area where he was sleeping. And that white dust seems to look like, you notice it, it looks like uh, Zendatus, it looks like like bird down, like if you know what I mean, when a bird sort of ruffles their feathers, that down that sort of separates from their, their mm. feathers. Uh, you can see various different sort of like blood stains throughout that look like a, like a coughing motion as well had happened or a splatter along the wall. And Zen, you make your way to the window and you see those scratch marks from before. You can see three along the bottom. Uh, actually, six along the bottom. Uh, one on the left, one on the right. And you can see that there are two, uh, one on each side, the left and the right, almost like somebody was standing there and peering out, either looking over or trying not to be pushed out. So they were either standing there, clasped on, looking down, or they were holding on backwards, trying not to be pushed out. Okay. I would like to cast uh, Create Water. Mm-hmm. And then with my uh, Shape Water spell, I'm going to just like run it along the walls and ground, just trying to see if there's any kind of like uh, hidden spaces. And if so, I'll use uh, Shape Water to pull, if at all possible. Okay. So you watch as the water rushes over the wooden catwalk and there there are gaps throughout the, the planks though. I wasn't expecting there to be anything on the ground, yeah. more like over the walls. And oh, okay. Right. So you watch as the wall, as you move water along the wall, it all seems to be pretty well masoned. And from the scratch marks, you do watch as the water sort of permeates through there and almost lifts out uh, this black sort of looks like a claw or a talon. Oh, oh. Grab that. Yep. So as you pull it out, it's probably about six or so centimeters long and you could almost like fit it onto your index finger or middle finger. Is it like a bird type talon? Uh, roll a nature check. It looks like a talon. Guys, what did we find? I found I found some uh, some copper, some shiny, some, some stuff. Could be, could be linked. Hey, look, there, there's gears over there as well. We found a claw. So like if we link the copper and the claw, what do they have in common? They start with a C. It's a mechanical bird. Oh my God, like the one that landed on my shoulder. We have to warn the press. Why are we warning the press? When did this come into it? I don't know. That's just what a lot of people always say. I thought that's what we have to do. I think we've kind of found all we need here. Let's go back. Let's go get some. Find Leonidas and we'll go off on a hard quest. Go find my dad. Not much more here. It's been cleared out. And then your your water seems to have um, washed it all. So thank you for that. I just give him a double thumbs up. <laughs> all right. So at that, you make your way back to the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild where Leonidas is just tapping his mouth with a, with a handkerchief, having finished Boys. his talent. Yep. <laughs> having finished his lovely steak dinner. Oh, so the kitty's not even rem- environmentally friendly. Nah. It's a flushable white. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flushable biodegradable white. Yeah. Um, and you guys begin basically having, I'll say you can have a short rest uh, as you sort of confer on what you've found. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes and make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways we can't wait to hear from you and remember share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories geeks out over narrative role play and loves D&D. we'll see you next time